0: Hearts in God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Friends, welcome to worship as beloved people of God. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The unity of heart and mind is like to that above. I'm Pastor Mark Hall from United Lutheran Church in Prairie Farm. And one announcement I would like to call to your attention today. Remember in prayer the family and loved ones of Myra. Myra died on Thursday at Brentwood Memory Care in Rice Lake. The funeral will be this Thursday, September 17th at Apple Yards Funeral Home in Rice Lake at 2 o'clock. Visitation at the funeral home from noon until 2. We pray God's comfort for the family of Myra Thompson. We're now in the season of the church year that focuses on the mission that Christ calls us to, empowered by the Holy Spirit given at Pentecost. And we hear the Spirit's call to live lives out of our center, out of the center of Christ crucified. For Christ chose us in love even when we were yet sinners against him. The words of the hymn express a spirit-breathed prayer Beloved, God's chosen, put on as a garment compassion, forgiveness, and goodness of heart. Above all, before all, let love be your raiment that binds into one every dissonant part. Before we hear our scripture readings, let us begin with the prayer of the day. Let us pray. O Lord God, merciful judge, you are the inexhaustible fountain of forgiveness. Replace our hearts of stone with hearts that love and adore you, that we may delight in doing your will, through Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our first reading today comes from Romans, the 14th chapter. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike, Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day observe it in honor of the Lord. Also those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each of us will be accountable to God ends the reading. In our gospel reading today from Matthew, the 18th chapter, Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. As he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. Out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, and this fellow slave owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me, I will pay you, but he refused, and then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the gospel of the Lord. Sometimes our Christian faith beliefs and our Christian faith practices can actually divide us from other Christians. At times, even from Christians who are from our own families. Have you ever disagreed with another Christian person in belief or practice? in a way that became a wedge between you, separating you? Until a few years ago, I had not seen my Ellingson side cousins, children of my mom's sister, in over 50 years. And I didn't even learn of my cousin David's death from colon cancer at age 60 until months after he had died. We had played together as children. As I was growing up, I wasn't sure why their family moved to Washington State and why that move became a separation from our family, a separation that was more than geographical distance. But one thing I did know since the time I was younger, it had something to do with their Christian faith, their beliefs and practices. They had moved in a more Pentecostal direction, away from the Lutheran identity our family was rooted in. And somewhere along the line, I learned to distinguish that difference as being really different, to the point of looking down on them because of that. Where did I learn that? I wonder if my cousins learned to look down on me, stuck in my Lutheranism. I don't know, but I do know they did not come back to visit us in the Midwest after my grandparents died. Grandpa Ellingson died when I was 10 years old. Grandma Ellingson died when I was 5 years old. Anyway, I had made no effort to contact or see them, even though I had been in Washington State a few times over the years before summer of 2016. When we hear the reading from Romans, this letter written by St. Paul, Paul is writing to a broken body of people, people who have been separated from each other, and these two groups have been harshly judging each other about their belief practices, how they were living their faith. They were throwing around labels like strong and weak as a way to put the other in their place. It's like drawing this insurmountable line like a fence between Christians. And we do it in any one of a number of ways. For example, we may emphasize personal salvation and those there may be others who emphasize social implications of the good news of Jesus' love for the world. And all of a sudden, These different interpretations or emphasis become something that separates us. They boil over into some self-righteous kind of contempt for those who are on the other side of the line. And that's the kind of thing that was happening in the Roman church. The church that Paul wrote his letter to, which we heard just a little earlier. And Paul is concerned for all the Christians in the congregation at Rome because they were all created in the image of God. They were all redeemed by Christ. Paul is concerned for the ways they were sitting in judgment over the faith practices of one another. Paul is concerned about the absence of love and unity in the body of Christ. There is a difference between a boundary faith and a centered faith, something we talked about in seminary. A boundary faith contains a list describing what's inside and what's outside the line, And then that becomes also morphed into who's in and who's out. The centered faith, on the other hand, keeps the main thing the main thing. Like when Paul writes, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. We find that in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2. Christ crucified is the center. And that allows space for differences in other matters. So Paul is arguing for a centered faith and cautioning the congregation about creating a boundaried faith which creates lines separating Christians, those in and those out, which leads to judgmentalism. The verb to pass judgment pops up a number of times in our Bible reading from Romans 14 in verse 3, verse 4, verse 5, and then verse 10, it becomes A direct question, why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Why do you despise your brother or sister? Paul has already written earlier in the letter that judgment belongs to God, not to any one of us on this earth. What Paul points to in his letter to these two groups of Christians in Rome who weren't having anything to do with each other is what distinguishes us as Christians. What is at the center And that is God's love and forgiveness for us. Love and forgiveness lavished on us in Jesus Christ who died for us while we were sinners, while we were separated from God, wanting to do life without God. Paul tells these two groups of Romans that they belong to the Lord by the Lord's loving choice of them, sealed in holy baptism. We belong to Christ on the basis of Christ's death and resurrection. We were all welcomed by Christ, though we were weak and sinful. All believers, then, are together, the weak made strong by the grace of Christ. And so, then, Paul concludes, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Each one of us will be accountable to the Lord in the same way. And in that way, there is no difference between my cousin David, who died, and me. We will be standing before the Lord at the Lord's judgment, just as we stand before the Lord now, whether we are alive or dead. So what possible purpose is there in spending an ounce of energy judging each other over differences in faith practices while we live on earth? There is a unity in Christ that holds regardless of differences, regardless of different conclusions about faith matters regardless of particular ways of practicing the faith in this world. These things, differences though they are, do not divide or separate us from our unity in Christ. I think my experience four years ago with my cousins from Washington, uh, this came at the end of my hike. I was on the Pacific Crest Trail, and as I came into southern Washington, It was kind of like the story of the man hiking in the forest. When it became dark, he lit his lamp, but his lamp went out before he reached his destination. And suddenly, while trying to find his way in the dark, he came upon a wall of rock and he could go no further. He prayed, Lord, take away this stone with an earthquake so I can move on. But there was no earthquake. Everything remained motionless. Instead, something quite different happened. The moon rose, and at once the man saw the world in a new light. The stone was not cleared out of his way, but he was now able to find his way despite this towering wall of rock. So it is with the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the Holy Spirit who enlightens our lives, who helps us to see the light of Christ. When there is something that separates us from another person, the Holy Spirit works to call us to a place of humility and holiness Where the primary practices are those Christ has taught us, grace and mercy, forgiveness based on love. My cousin Elizabeth, David's sister, had seen the light before me. The thing I remember at the end of my hike was that my cousin Elizabeth had written my mother after my father's death, and I had kept the letter since I was getting all of my mom's mail due to her dementia. And I gave a quick call home to Naomi, who gave me that contact information. And a phone call, one phone call later, I had an invitation to their home the next day. And when I got there, all four of my cousins were there to greet me. We had a great visit and reunion after 50 years of separation. We live in a polarized and contentious culture these days where one group can come to despise another group and vice versa. It happens in families, in churches, in communities, in countries. As Mary Shore wrote in a reflection on this passage from Romans, the judgment forbidden in Romans is the easy, contemptuous dismissal of those who do not believe like us or vote like us or live like us. Paul says that all of us will one day stand before the throne of God, and on that day, what will Jesus ask us? Will Jesus ask, did you judge others properly? No. Will Jesus ask, did you practice your faith perfectly? No. The questions Jesus asks will be, did you love as I loved you? Did you forgive as you have been forgiven? Did you serve others with grace and generosity, the the grace and generosity God has shown you? Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, forgive us for all the ways that we stray from you, from our center, and cause your body to be broken. Forgive us for our judgmentalism in separating ourselves, thinking we are somehow better than others who differ from us. Help us to live out our faith, modeling our lives after you, for you chose to be with us and for us even when we were sinners against you. Strengthen us to remain with others even when we disagree, offering them the same mercy and grace you have shown us, and guide us to forgive as we have been forgiven. And we pray today, too, for those who are victims of wildfires in the western areas of our country For victims of hurricanes in the South, for relief and for rebuilding of their lives. You are faithfully with us, O God, in our lives, in the life of our communities, our cities, and country. Grant us your presence in the midst of all those times where there is unrest due to issues of racism. Watch over protesters and police that all might be treated with respect and honor and dignity and all communities might experience healing and justice. We pray today that you will come to the aid of all who suffer, be with those who are sick. We pray especially for Colleen, Lucille, Terry, Brett, Ruth, Leroy, Larry, Bonnie, Gary, Adele, John, and Barb. We pray for healing. Be with those who are sick with the coronavirus. Uphold all healthcare workers. Give wisdom to scientists working on a vaccine. Comfort all families and friends who cannot be with loved ones at this time. We Remember all who grieve the loss of loved ones, especially the family and loved ones of Myra Thompson. Comfort them and bring them hope in this time. Risen Lord, you went ahead of us into the grave and defeated the powers of sin and death and the evil one. As we remember before you those who have died, especially those most dear to us, inspire us to live our lives in resurrection hope, and of that day we'll be reunited with those who have gone before us. And now we pray the prayer Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done